what's left. So what is left is the human element. It is these ideas of the compassion, the creativity and curiosity that we actually need to encourage in the workplace because the analytical stuff, the high marks that we get in doing sort of very intellectual thinking, cerebral thinking is not enough because that's going to be replaced. So it's actually the human element. This is where the lawyer starts talking to their client. This is where in business we start talking to our largest partners, our stakeholders, our team members. And so that's the bit I started focusing on. And then I realised that this idea of rehumanising business, which is my focus, has become a bit of a missing link as we rely more on technology and other things that might get in the way. Welcome to episode 182 of Be The Drop, a weekly interview podcast sharing stories from inspirational people to help you learn how to tell your story. I'm Amelia Veal, Director at Narrative Marketing and firm believer in the superpower of storytelling. My interview this week was with a woman after my own heart. Her item of significance is a microphone and she's a business owner and radio host who values meaningful conversations, understanding the profound importance they have in today's digitally connected world. Lisa Leong was working as a lawyer when she first started interviewing guests in her hot seat to spice up meetings. It wasn't until she was in London that she discovered her passion for radio hosting and landed her first official presenting gig. Lisa is now ABC radio host of This Working Life. She's also CEO of O10 APAC, a social technology consultancy that helps the world's largest and most pioneering businesses to move from an ecosystem to an ecosystem. In this episode of Be The Drop, recorded live from PauseFest, Lisa reflects on her incredible journey from law to radio and then consultancy. We discuss the value of human connection and she describes the importance of taking an experimental beginner's mindset in any new endeavour. This is Lisa's version of Be The Drop. Are you considering starting a podcast? At Narrative Marketing, we deliver a full range of podcast production options. Or if you'd like help getting started to produce your own content, we deliver podcast training programs. Hit the link in the show notes for more details. Fantastic. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for joining me here live at Pause Fest 2020. Now, you've just presented this morning. How did it go? Oh, it was wonderful because we're not used to having an audience on this working life. We're in a little room talking to ourselves. So it's so nice to have a live audience who can give you some feedback and let you know how things are going. And the panel were amazing and they were having little fights and it was all very well, interesting. Controversy. Oh, controversy. Love, yeah, some robust discussion, I think it's oh, called, good, Amelia. robust discussion, yes. No, it was how, great. How very diplomatic of you. It was on the concept that work-life balance is dead. 
yeah. and it's all about work-life integration. So I think it's a nice topic that we're all thinking about. Yeah. So it was a great topic to do here at Pause Fest. Fantastic. Now, to get us started, you've got an item of significance and that's going to give us a little bit of background about Lisa. It's a microphone. <laughs> Is that just the weirdest uh, thing no, to bring along? I mean, it's close to my heart. What I have you got? <laughs> Tell me about your microphone. My gold sparkly microphone. <laughs> listeners gold have, sparkly. Yeah, listeners have heard about this microphone before. I've got a problem. <laughs> so you can identify with it being, you know, quite a significant item. Yeah. So explain your, your microphone. Um, so I was a lawyer. I trained as a lawyer and I was working in a really large law firm. Uh, and from the early days, can I just say I probably wasn't your typical lawyer. So we had these meetings called section meetings where everyone would get together and I thought they were just slightly dry, shall we say. So I said, look, do you mind if I take over these section meetings? And instead of doing a normal job of the meeting, I turned it into a talk show and I got these like lounge chairs and I would get everyone like one by one to get into my hot seat. It was called Lisa's hot seat. And I would do a segment where I would introduce each lawyers. We had patent attorneys. And instead of seeing them as a patent attorney, I tried to show their human side by finding out about their hobbies. And one lady who was a patent attorney, I mean, she had this amazing rubber stamp collection that nobody knew about. But when she described it, she came alive. So we all got to know Leah, the, this beautiful, interesting woman who had this crazy passion of rubber stamps, right? <laughs> who would have thought? And I learned so much. So that's when I had an inkling. There's something more than just law and contracts for me. And so then I redesigned myself as a radio presenter. Oh, what a great story. And you're obviously a born storyteller. I love that. And I particularly love that you turned legal meetings into a talk show. That's great. Yeah, and I guess, I mean, you know, <laughs> seven years later I was still a lawyer doing these play things, right, so I'd MC events and it was only until I went to London that I um, started volunteering in hospital radio. So hospitals are so big in London that they have these radio stations that broadcast only to the patients and so you can get trained up, Amelia, and they teach you how to do the big panel uh, and then they teach you on how, you know, presenting skills. And so I got my own show. It was called Thursday Night Therapy with Lisa Leong. And so I was a volunteer, but that's when I sort of really started to think about how would I design a show where I could interview interesting people and, you know, and I guess crystallise a bit of this curiosity and passion around helping people tell their stories and doing it in a way which is engaging and entertaining, but also showing them that they're really beautiful and, and interesting, right? But then, I mean, I was still a lawyer. And so I actually had to put out my demo tape. So I collected my hospital radio <laughs> demo tape and I sent it to these radio stations in London, right? <laughs> so what do you think happened? I just got lots of rejection letters. <laughs> and I thought, well, this is it, because obviously my dulcet tones... <laughs> You know, uh, it's pretty Aussie ochre, right? So I just thought, oh, nobody wants to be on their radio station. That's fine. But then I took matters into my own hands. And so as a 30-year-old, I took the first train out on a Saturday and I went to Liberty Radio Station at 6 o'clock in the morning and I rang the doorbell. And the guy who is the breakfast presenter is also the content director, right? So he makes the decisions. I waited till a break. He answered the doorbell. Yes. And I said, 
Hi, my name is Lisa Leong. I'm a radio DJ. Can I make you a cup of coffee this morning? <laughs> and there was a pause and I went, oh, this is really embarrassing. And he said, yes. Click, the door opens. And, and, I, and I was in, baby. And so I went up there and I thought, I don't know what type of coffee he likes, but I'm going to make him one. He invited me into the studio and I sat there listening to his show and it was super exciting, right? You know, like a live radio show. And then um, I did it on Sunday. <laughs> I rang the doorbell. It's Lisa Leong here to make your morning cup of coffee. He lets me in again. Um, crazy man. And this time he puts me on the air. So I'm basically like co-hosting with him on a breakfast show across Liberty Radio, which is like the largest footprint in the UK. And um, as a consequence of that, he was so sick of me because I did it every weekend, he gave me my own show. <laughs> and that's how I became a radio DJ. <laughs> well, first of all, you told him you already were. Yeah, I know. Did you oh, notice that? I, I loved know. It. Well, I you loved know, it. hospital radio. Yeah. No, well, that's true. Yeah. That's it. You know, fake it till you make it and own it, all that sort well, of stuff. And there's something there about, I think, as a lawyer, we're not really used to a lot of rejection um, because we're used to succeeding, you know. And so when I started getting those rejection letters, I mean, I took it very badly. And even though I'm laughing about it, I think at the time there was a sense of, well, you know, this is all I can ever be. I can only be a lawyer and nobody wants me. And, you know, what was I thinking? Like I was a crazy woman for thinking there's anything else in life for me. Oh, but I, yeah. and I love that you overcame that though. Well, and that moment when I took the train out, I think it was a sense of going, what, why am I letting life dictate to me? Maybe I should try. And also there's an empathy point because content directors are really busy. Mm. They don't have time to listen to every demo tape. So for me to actually um, take the train out was me going, you know what, they're busy people. I wonder if I can make it a little bit easier for them to make a decision around this <laughs> by just arriving. <laughs> And what's the worst that can happen? Rejection. He could call the police. <laughs> but I can run really fast. You know, so there's, I think there's a bit of fast fail. There was a bit of experiment in it and I have no shame, so it was fine. <laughs> Fantastic. So many key takeaways in that. A couple of things you've mentioned that I, I know are big points for you. You talked yeah. about finding the human element in the yeah. story and really connecting with that and how important that is to you. Maybe if you can explain that. And then also you mentioned empathetic, being empathetic and that empathetic listening. They're two yeah. streams that I know you're really passionate about. Yeah. Could you maybe explain a little bit about both of those? Yeah, I think so, especially in our current workplace, my show, This Working Life, is focused on why we work and how we work. And because life is quite disruptive at the moment, there's no such thing as a job for life is there um, careers are no longer linear and so I've really picked this up so that's definitely a theme um, when I went back to the law so I did radio for 10 years and then I wanted to move the family back to Melbourne from South Australia which is where I ended up doing radio just tell us what were you doing radio in South Australia SFM <laughs> 107.2 um, and who, so, who were you oh so my this is good. <laughs> Lethal Lisa, because you can't use your real name on commercial radio. So, um, yeah, so my 
nickname was Lethal Lisa, which you may know, like I didn't use that nickname when I was on hospital radio because people wouldn't be put off if I was called Lethal Lisa. But on commercial radio, um, I did the weekend breakfast show and I did that for a while. So SAFM. Um, And then I went to Port Lincoln um, in South Australia, a tiny coastal town, beautiful community where I was the ABC breakfast presenter. Um, and pretty much a part of the community, which I loved. But we, I had my daughter, Billy, and our little family wanted to move back to Melbourne. So we moved back to Melbourne and I went back into the law. And what I discovered in those 10 years is that things had really changed. So, you know, we had robotics and artificial intelligence sort of infiltrating the law. So the things I did as a junior lawyer, they're... Um, absent. So you don't have to do all the drudgery, which is really great. But what it does mean to the workplace is it's really disruptive. And so I started thinking about the lawyers. So if these lawyers are being replaced, what is what's left? So what is left is the human element. It is these ideas of the compassion, the creativity and curiosity that we actually need to encourage in the workplace because the analytical stuff, the high marks that we get and doing sort of very intellectual thinking, cerebral thinking is not enough because that's going to be replaced. So it's actually the human element. This is where the lawyer starts talking to their client. This is where in business we start talking to our largest partners, our stakeholders, our team members. And so that's the bit I started focusing on. And then I realised that this idea of rehumanising business, which is my focus, has become a bit of a missing link as we rely more on technology and other things that might get in the way of connecting. Mm. And, and I think people feel it. And I, I, in a broader community context as well, I think people are really coming to this realisation that technology is great, but we're being distracted from the human connection. So people are really actively seeking that out now. Yeah, and you can see it, I guess, sometimes when we rely more on emails to communicate, even at a workplace where I'm sitting next to you, I might sort of decide, I don't want to interrupt you, so I'll send you an email. But what that does is it does stop us from connecting. And also, you know, when you're with someone, you can feel something, um, an energy that is being exchanged between us that you can't get on email. And so that connection that um, feeling of um, being together in this, you really need to do face-to-face. Yeah. Yeah? Look, I'm I'm a strong believer. I think in, what is it, nearly 180 episodes, I've done two online. Oh, that's interesting (laughs) because you, obviously, you've made a choice there. Yeah, I'm I'm an in-person kind of person. Yeah, Yeah. totally. And isn't it, it's quite different, right? Oh, 100%. You know, the, the... as you said, that energy exchange is very hard to get, yeah. you know, through the, the ether web. Yeah, and so I think, you know, I would say um, even your best strategy as a business, it's only actually done through human-to-human interaction. So I say B2B is actually H-to-H. And so if you're thinking about every single interaction, every single piece of, you know, conversation that we have, that is a moment of truth. Like, that's the moment that you live out your strategy, your values and the things that you believe in. It's not that piece of paper that, you know, you put into your top drawer. Mm. And that's why um, conversations are something I really hone in on because what I learnt through training on the ABC and through the Australian Film, Television and Radio School where we focused on interview technique but actually listening in conversations is we do it quite badly nowadays. 
it's like mono sort of talking. So I say something and then you say something, but it's not connected to the something that I said. So what is a conversation and how do we truly listen? That's like my obsession. And so for you, then you left the law and you've now started up a consultancy? Because this is an uh, ongoing is very... journey, the journey of Lisa. <laughs> but what I like about it is that you've taken all these building blocks yeah. and you're just building it and building it and it's all like you were always going there. And Even if you didn't know. Do you know, it's always in hindsight, isn't yeah. it, that it sounds like a beautiful plan. I think the one thing that I learned from jumping careers and like completely retraining in different disciplines is to take a true beginner's mind to the new endeavour because at the start, you know, you need to embrace yourself, uh, embrace the new discipline really as a, be as a beginner. And so when I went into radio, I just went for it. I didn't think about the law. I just went into radio and I went from ground zero and I did the hard yards out of a 32-year-old. So Australian Film, Television and Radio School just did lots of, you know, learning and interviewing and practising and learning and learning. And then, you know, when I went back into the law, I actually went into business development, which was different. And so I went back to the, I read all the books, I did all the training and I don't think, you know, I would have mentioned to them that I was ex-radio, ex-lawyer. I just wanted to be a new business development person at the age of much older. And then I did that as well. So it was only after those three sort of blocks that I started to look back at the skills that I picked up along the way and start blending them. Mm. So what is the perspective of a lawyer that I can bring to this, this very disruptive future? What are the radio things that I can now blend in with the business development, you know, customer client side? And that's this kind of sweet spot of, ah, so if conversations are the linchpin that help us to connect to our most important clients, how do we bring the radio listening, the mindfulness um, and the ability to truly curate a beautiful experience? How do we bring that all together? in a disruptive environment. And because people don't know what the answers are, it's actually a perfect time to experiment. And so I sort of blended that together and the things that we were able to do, bringing together law firms and their clients together, were actually so innovative that Harvard wrote a case study on it. I did a TED talk talking about um, the future of law and lawyers and it's all about this idea of being more human oh. yeah and I, and I really like you're obviously very much aware and in touch with these elements that you've brought and it has been this culmination into you know the human and the empathy which yeah. are obviously really two really important and it's still an ongoing experiment I mean I think you find that is that you think well I think I've got some of the answers and then life will throw an obstacle um, and you know there's a great book um, from Ryan Holiday called The Obstacle is the Way and I'm always quoting it because when something happens I always think okay so you can run away or you can look at it and go if this obstacle is telling me something what is the lesson here that I'm trying to learn and perhaps relearn <laughs> and so you know whether it be illness or you know, something upsetting, not going your way, you know, at work or... Rejection. Rejection, <laughs> which happens, you know, when you're being brave and trying different things, right? When you're being courageous, I mean, you often falter and it can be distressing and bad for the ego and confidence. And so I try and think about, well, what have I learnt from this? And I think that experimental mindset, you know, I take to 
all of my practices, including particularly health, because I realise so I'm now 47 and a half, that um, health is the most important thing. You can't do anything if you're bedridden and you certainly can't do it, um, you know, live a full life helping your family. And so I'm, I'm a biohacker and so I do a lot of experiments on what can help me optimise my energy so that I can be there for other people. Mm. You know, fit your own oxygen mask first. Literally, because I do oxygen hyperbaric chambers. <laughs> I, I, I have no doubt. There's probably not a lot that you don't do. Oh, yeah, true. I'm quite adventurous but not physically adventurous. Yeah. Is that weird? Because I, I come across like I would, you know, do parachuting and stuff, but I, no, I'm the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying, don't That's invite right. me. Yeah, no, I don't so mind. Did you go bungee jumping because I'm not going to nah, do it. Nah, bungee jumping, not doing nah. that. I did go parachuting, but bungee jumping, nah. 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 All right, well, Lisa, <laughs> thank you so much. In conclusion, though, we can bring it all together. What do you think is Lisa's be the drop tip? So that is your top tip for communication that motivates and inspires. Well, I think to care and to have curiosity for the other person. So at the heart, I see everyone as these, like, really interesting beautiful human beings and so whenever I meet anyone I'm like oh this is a really interesting human being and I really want to get to know them whoever they are so I think for me it's that curiosity and compassion oh fantastic thank you so much thanks cool good well done that was good Thanks for joining me for another episode of Be The Drop. Don't forget to subscribe in order to ensure you never miss out on one of our weekly episodes. Be The Drop is produced by Narrative Marketing, where we believe that stories connect individuals and that powerful storytelling can positively impact the world. To unleash your storytelling superpower, visit narrativemarketing.com.au or check out our social links in the show notes. To contact me directly with any specific comments you have, you can email me via amelia at narrativemarketing.com.au. And don't forget that whilst a task or challenge may seem overwhelming, a waterfall begins with one drop and look what comes from that.